Division of Salem Communications on the NASDAQ as SALM. Biz. Are you tired of feeling sick and tired? Are you constantly limited by your health and you want to get a more natural solution? My name is Dr. Tim Smith and I help families change the way they view and manage their health at New Life Chiropractic every single day, getting natural solutions for common health care issues. If you want to learn more about how you can start changing your life for the better, visit our office at newlifechiropracticrockland.com or call 916-259-2682 and start changing the health of your family today. Your home is so much more than square footage and a floor plan. So why would you entrust buying a new home or selling your home to anyone but Ellen Hurley, the Real Estate Insider? And tune in weekdays from noon to one for Ellen Hurley's show, The Real Estate Insider, exclusively on Money 1055. Buying or selling, call the Real Estate Insider. For your real estate dreams, she gets it done. Call 916-726-9000. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394. 800-694-7394. That's 800-694-7394. Don't miss the seven-day save-the-tax sale at Naturewood Home Furnishings. Choose the furniture you've dreamed of from the region's best selection of styles, brands, and prices. Then save the sales tax. On our living rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, home office, and more. It's all about choices and always about quality at Naturewood Home Furnishings in Rancho Cordova. You know, the building with the water wheel. Hurry, Naturewood's seven-day save the tax sale ends Monday. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hello, and welcome to the Impact Hour. This is Rena. Hello, I'm John. And we are so glad that you've joined us this week. Today, we've got a real treat for you. Today's topic is on compassion, and we will be joined just very briefly by um, a friend and colleague, Christine de Guzman, who teaches people about mindfulness. And compassion is actually a very important 
part of mindfulness. Uh, you will be interested in learning about this topic because Compassionate is actually very beneficial for you. It will totally improve your experience of life, your experience of yourself, other people's experience of you. And um, yeah, it's going to be really great. So I'm very excited to introduce to you Christine de Guzman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Lena and John. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Great to have you. Um, <clears throat> so, Christine, you, you teach mindfulness. What, is, what, is that, what does that mean? Just kind of just to give us a little bit of a context. Okay. So um, my favorite definition of mindfulness is paying attention to your life in the here and now with kindness and curiosity. Okay. And that's basically um, what it is, is taking a moment um, throughout your day and then also taking some time to um, set aside some time on purpose for sitting with yourself in silence and stillness. So that's the formal practice. But then also throughout the day, just noticing how do I feel, what's happening around me, um, what's going on in my body, in my mind, in my emotions, and being curious about it and, um, and bringing um, kindness to it. Kindness. Is that just another word for compassion? I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. I feel like the practice of mindfulness can really help you strengthen your uh, ability to be aware and to focus and to okay. direct your attention. And what's important to me as far as the way I share mindfulness and teach mindfulness is that um, just being able to pay attention and be aware isn't enough. Um, okay. We live in the world with people, and um, it's important to incorporate kindness towards yourself and um, towards whatever is arising in that moment as, as best you can. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes whatever arises in that moment can be really difficult. And that's where I feel like compassion arises because to me, compassion means having the willingness to be present with suffering either your own or the suffering around you. And so if that's, you're paying... Can we pull that out sure, a little sure. bit? Because I, it, that's um, kind of a new idea. Okay. Compassion, see what I, if I got this right, compassion is really being able to be with the suffering of oneself and one other people. Is that what you say? Yes, that's okay. how I see it, is okay. you know, having the willingness to be um, present with suffering, your own or wow. others. And so if that's if you're practicing mindfulness, you're practicing noticing whatever is happening in each moment. And okay. sometimes suffering arises, and you continue to practice being with that suffering with kindness and curiosity, just noticing what's arising. Wow, that's very significant because in our society, you know, we're really kind of I don't know. I see a lot of people wanting to run away from the discomfort, from the suffering, push it aside, push it down. Don't deal with it. Don't feel with it. You know, if somebody's crying, it's like, don't cry. You're going to make me cry. <clears throat> we don't want to be with it. So that's really a significant step to really take it on and want to and be OK with being with it. Yeah. Yes. Most, so, pe most oh, people sorry. say, make it stop. Yeah, please. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's and I, that is a natural impulse. Obviously, you know, nobody wants to go towards suffering or have pain. I think, for me, what has been helpful when I teach mindfulness to people, and particularly, I work a lot with children, you know, in, in classrooms, which I love, by the way, because you're empowering them for a lifetime. Yeah, so I get mean, them while they're young. That is exactly was my and is my intention, and was my intention when I chose this work is that I wanted to give them these tools early on so that they could maybe avoid some of the mistakes that I've made in my own life. Um, 
And so what I love about teaching them about mindfulness and, uh, and awareness and compassion is I n- try and normalize the experience of pain and suffering because it's okay. a part of life. Okay. You know, so I just let them know when we talk about emotions or things that are challenging for them, I tell them, you know, oh, yeah, that happens to everybody. That's okay. part of being alive. I and love so normalizing. Just, yeah. That's, that's powerful. And then it becomes, when they can hear that over and over, then when the when they have the experience of pain or suffering, mm-hmm. they can hopefully remember, oh, this is something that happens to everybody. And that, to me, is the first step in being able to be with the suffering, is okay. knowing that it's not abnormal. Mm-hmm. And also noticing that your f- impulse to run away from it is also not abnormal. It is totally normal to want right. to run away from it. So it's noticing it. Yes. Which is which is great because it's um, when we don't notice it, it can just take us and run run off. Or, oh you know, yeah. Take us off with take us out really of the being present. Oh, for me, in my own experience, um, whenever I have run away from a challenging moment or a challenging emotion, it comes back. Darn it's, it. it comes back to teach me. <laughs> it sure does. It just can't, it, we just can't escape it. <laughs> so you, so you might as well live thoroughly is what I think of it wow. as. It's like live, live thoroughly. thoroughly. And so when, when the emotion or the challenging moment arises, see if you can practice giving it some kind and gentle attention, just allowing it to be there um, so we can learn from it, so we can learn to be with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that way it doesn't have to keep coming back. Or the other thing that might happen is um, I'll have a challenging moment. I don't pay attention to it. And then it comes out sideways on the yes. people around me. Yes. Um, so it's for everybody, for my own comfort and for the people around me to practice as well as I can with the challenging moments as they arise. That's There's so much there. It's, it's really very rich, everything that you're sharing. So what I'm hearing you say is, when I have some discomfort, some pain, some suffering inside myself, if I don't deal with it, it, it can come out on accident, of course. I can um, unleash it on accidentally on other people. That has been my experience. Yeah. And, and I feel I like my own personal mindfulness practice has helped me become aware of that. You know, and it's not to say that mindfulness has made me perfect. You know, yeah. I definitely keep on making mistakes, but I definitely, since I've started practicing and I've had a long practice um, the quality of my relationships have definitely changed mm-hmm. you know I still make mistakes in my relationships but the quality of my relationships have definitely changed and isn't it easier to clean things up after it happens oh for sure yeah well there's l- I have to say there's a lot less to clean up yay <laughs> to be honest <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff fewer messes yeah <laughs> yeah I really love the idea of being compassionate with oneself and um, just really processing what you're saying about um, being able to to be with the uncomfortableness that the the suffering and and not just skipping over it do you have any tools to help people just manage the discomfort that's going on in the mind and in the body when there's something difficult happening uh, sure. So um, a couple of things, and I always um, like to start with formal practice. And so what I mean by formal practice is, excuse me, um, on purpose, taking your time to um, be still and quiet with yourself. Mm. And that, I think, is a challenge for a lot of people because everybody feels very busy. Everybody is busy. It feels like there's not enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. But all it really takes is five minutes each okay. day. There's benefit in five minutes of just being quiet. That is a good place to start. 
Um, five minutes. If you can only find five minutes, then five minutes is great. Mm-hmm. Find a quiet place in your home. Set a timer for five minutes. Let yourself become comfortable. And then just notice your breath. That's okay. the one basic mindfulness practice. Okay. And what you'll notice is a ton of things arise. Um, your mind starts to wander. <laughs> your leg starts to hurt. Itches. You, you, you get itches. <laughs> you remember that terrible thing that someone said to you yesterday. And so the practice then is to notice when all those things arise and then gently come back to the breath over mm-hmm. and over. So you okay. might do that one or two times during those, fi- first, those five minutes. Mm-hmm. You might do it a thousand times. Each of those times is a mindfulness practice. Okay. And the longer you are able to have a regular practice like that, the larger your capacity is to be with discomfort. Okay. So, you know, you're sitting there with an itch. Oh, my gosh, I really want to scratch it. But I'm committed to being still and quiet. I know that if I don't itch it, it won't kill me. So that's a physical <laughs> itch, which is interesting because right. it seems like it's applying to having a, a, an emotional discomfort. Right. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like it's it's kind of this. So th- those five minutes are this, uh, I would call a safe place to practice being with discomfort. That's good because honestly, I always itch. So um, <laughs> I didn't know how important it was for me to just learn to yeah. be with that. And so you can, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And that's the fantastic thing about formal practice is that you will uh, be given all kinds of ways to um, to practice being with something. It, mm-hmm. And it can be a really painful memory mm-hmm. or it can be an itch in your nose. Okay. Um, and what you're wow. learning is to... Notice it with kindness. Notice the sensations of, I really want to scratch it. My heart is beating so fast, et cetera, et cetera. And that, for me, I've noticed, can apply to my daily life. So I get up off of my um, seat from my formal practice. I go out into the world, drive, start driving. Someone cuts me off. You right. Know, right. And yeah. so I have that discomfort. I have the impulse of, I'm going to flip this guy off. I'm going <laughs> to beat my arm. I'm just going to yelling. <laughs> Because I've had some practice in being with an impulse, being with discomfort, then I can have, there's a split second of a space, and then I can make a decision about what I want to do. Make a new choice. Yeah. That's awesome. We've got so much more to cover. I'm really excited. We want to take a break. And so stay with us. You're listening to the Impact Hour. We'll be right back. Do you want to enjoy more deep, meaningful, satisfying relationships? Do you want to feel more connected? Do you want to feel like people get you? Learn how to be the kind of person people respond to. Create better results with your kids, your partner, clients, coworkers, and friends. Go to BeAndConnect.com and get started with your free videos today. That's BeAndConnect.com. Learn from hosts John and Rena from the Impact Hour. You can have that sense of connection you desire. Go to BeAndConnect.com now. Meaning. Significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. 
Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we have on the show with us Christine de Guzman, and we're learning lots of really useful stuff about compassion. And before the break, Christine, you were talking about learning to be with uncomfortable feelings, right? You, you use the word suffering. And um, I know in a previous conversation you and I had talked about the power of naming that uncomfortable feeling. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So this kind of is connected to the definition of mindfulness where it talks about curiosity. Okay. And I love curiosity. Yeah. That, you know, I have found for myself, because I have dealt with anxiety for most of my life. Okay. Um, and I've had to, I've ha- it's probably my, one of my longest relationships is me and anxiety <laughs> <laughs> and having to work with it. And what I have found with mindfulness practice is um, when I slow down and I become curious about my experience, and for me, it will be often be anxiety will arise, right? Okay. And so when I slow down and I um, let my body become soft if I can and take some deep breaths, and then I just become curious about the experience of anxiety, almost like I was a scientist. An observer. Yes. A third-person observer watching what's going on inside of you. Right. So I'm not trying to push it away. I'm actually trying to to wonder about it, like, huh, so at Isn't this that moment, right, exactly. So at this moment, oh, my chest feels really tight. Okay. And so you're can, naming the physical right. sensations going on. Yeah. And so I get really um, uh, detailed. Like I really try and f- get very specific. Oh, and my arms feel like this. And my, my legs feel kind of wobbly. Mm-hmm. And my breath um, is like this. And I name it. You know, so I name okay. the sensation and I name the emotion. Oh, this is anxiety. Oh, this is fear. Isn't it easier to name after you notice the physical sensations? Yeah. and A little bit at least. You Mm -hmm. know, um, I love uh, the work of Dr. Dan Siegel. And he has written some fantastic books, particularly for um, um, mindfulness and um, raising children, by the way. And uh, he he has this catchphrase, name it to tame it. And he talks a lot about working with your child's whole brain. And so when you're in um, an activated high emotion state, the right side of your brain is really activated. Okay. And what he encourages us to do with ourselves and to support our children to do is name it to tame it. So say you're having a really strong emotion, anxiety, sadness, anger, anger, uh, fear. so when you're able to just simply name it, you're activating your, the left part of your left okay. side of your brain, which so is the logical mo- part. You're moving some of the energy from the intensity of the right brain motion stuff, and you're starting to utilize the left brain, yes. which is going to be a little less intense on the emotional. Well, yes, yeah. well, it's kind. Of, it, it's well, interesting. It, yeah, it's using your it's using the whole brain. Okay, and it's using it's integrating both sides. So it's it's not shutting down the emotion, yes. but you're I- including in some like rational thought, maybe. Yes, <laughs> and that from I have practiced this personally myself. Okay, and I have found that it helps to deactivate the heightened state of my nervous system. Cool. If I'm able to name it, but not like I said to push away the experience. Yeah. But to widen my awareness and to, um, like you said, being able to bring in the logical part, and um, and when curi- when I turn on the curiosity, the anxiety takes it just takes some of the edge off. It feels more manageable. Okay. But I find that, you know, because I've spent so much time working with anxiety, 
when I try to push the anxiety away, it just gets worse. Darn it. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't, isn't that what we all want to do? Just <laughs> shove it away and like, now it's worse. Right. <gasps> oh, Rena, I just remembered this. So Rena and I have been friends for a long time. I, if we add it up, it'd be a lot. So we won't. <laughs> we were, and when we were young, when we were young, her mom would take us to Santa Cruz. Oh. And we would spend. Oh, I might memories. start crying a little bit. That's okay if you do. I yeah. And totally get it. so we would go for the entire day, and Rena and I would spend after we'd ridden the rides that we wanted to ride and ate a bunch of terrible food. <laughs> we would spend hours in the water. And we would, remember, we would just do, like, the waves, and they mm-hmm. would just come. And some of them we were able to swim over, and some of uh-huh. them they completely knocked us off our feet. Oh, I just got roll, chills. Roll, roll, Christine. And then we'd get back up. Uh-huh. And, we'd, and, you know, we would just spend hours out Because when the, the wave is coming, you can actually, you can, if it's not too late, you can go over it. But sometimes you have to dive right through it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And that is what I mean out. by the curiosity. <laughs> cool. Is that... When I feel that there's an, a wave of anxiety or a wave of a strong emotion, and I can feel this is a biggie. Okay. This is, this is <laughs> That's this, I can't daddy. get away. That's what we call them and, waves. And I don't know if you, you know, I probably, we did this when we were young. There would be a big wave, and maybe you and I would try and run away, and that was just ridiculous. <laughs> because it, we were already out there. There's nothing you can do about it. It's coming. <laughs> then and, it just smashes and you then on the head from behind. <laughs> but when we were able to see, oh, this is a big wave, I think we're just going to have to jump right into it. And and then you just get through that wave. Mm-hmm. And that is how oh, I wow. I see working with the strong with the suffering, with the strong emotion. Wow. Um e- whether you are sitting in formal practice or when it it just arises for me lately, I think it's because I'm an old lady, um <laughs> I'll be driving, sometimes I'll just have this wave of anxiety. Okay. And I've heard that that's what can happen to some ladies as they get older? Interesting. Hormonal okay. stuff, etc. Well, that, that's let that be affirming to any of the listeners yeah. who are like experiencing that—that that you're not alone. Yeah, you're definitely not alone. I, I've heard that this is a common experience, and so what I do is, um, as I'm driving, I practice my mindfulness. I practice the curiosity, and I practice the self-compassion. You know, where uh, it's—I notice, oh, you know, I'm having some anxiety, and I'm driving. I name it. Mm-hmm. You know, I notice the feeling. I remind myself that this is a common experience. You know, suffering is a part of life, and this particular experience is common for women of a certain age. <laughs> uh huh. And then I um, remind myself, I'm going to be kind to you. You know, nice. I'm, I'm here for you. Nice. And I got that practice from a woman named Kristen Neff, who's this fantastic, um, she's a psychologist, and she's done a lot of research and um, writing and speaking on self-compassion. So if any of your listeners are interested in nice her resource. practices, mm-hmm. she's a great recess, uh, resource. Kristen Neff, nice. self-compassion. If you Google that, you'll get her website. And um, that is where I sort of adapted that same practice, of that three-step practice of noticing suffering, reminding myself that I'm not alone, mm-hmm. and vowing to myself that I'll be kind. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love the... Uh, that's a really powerful analogy. Thank you for sharing that uh, about diving through the wave and um, just the the embracing it instead of running from it. And it, to me, it really highlights it's really not going to last forever because in the moment to me when I'm in the grip of anger or fear or sadness, any of those combinations, it's just it feels like it's my existence and it will always be that way and it's just overwhelming. So to know it, it actually is temporary and um, will pass. 
is encouraging. Oh, for sure. And and another thing that helps me practice self-compassion when I'm having moments of suffering is exactly that, is reminding myself, I'm 47 years old. I've gone through a lot of really difficult moments, really, really difficult and challenging moments, challenging years, challenging mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. challenging months. Yeah. And they always come to pass. You know, I, I make it through that wave. That right. wave come comes and that wave always goes. Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of my suffering, it does. that's a way of showing myself kindness. Is oh, remember how you survived that thing? You're going to survive this too. Yeah. So this is, another, you know, this is kind of the value, value of being older. So all you youngsters <laughs> out there. Just, just take our word for it. <laughs> it really it's does awesome. pass. <laughs> so I, I'm really curious about um, anger because, you know, it's easy to talk about the fear or the sadness. And I'm wondering if it's just me. I have... Um, up until recently, well, I'm in the process of, here, I'll use the, use the really good language. I'm in the process of, of learning to be okay with anger. And I'm wondering if you find that to be a common thing, that that's especially challenging for people um, to be with their own anger and the anger of other people. Oh, that's a good one. It's, it's kind of heavy. You can think about that if you want to move on you to know, something well, else. Well, you know, and, and here's, uh, there's there's a lot there. I'm going to speak from my own experience. Before I started practicing mindfulness in my relationships, the thing that would get me into trouble was the way I handled my anger or mishandled my anger. Sure. Well, that's when it's so easy to lash out at other people, right? And I feel like mindfulness practice has helped me get clearer and clearer about what was actually under the anger. Okay, because isn't there always like something under the anger? Yeah, for yeah. me, it's it's anxiety. Okay, you know, straight up, you know. And so when I'm, the longer I've practiced, the more willing I am to be um, with the underlying feeling behind anger. And it would take curiosity to really yes. get underneath it and find out what's what's driving yes. it. Yes. So lots of patience, lots of kindness, um, regular practice, um, and curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still get angry. Um, Does it pass faster? Hmm. Hmm. I'm able to be with the first, uh, that first big punch of anger. Uh huh. That is so hard to be with. I'm, yeah, I'm that's gotten awesome. better at being with that. Cool. It's not that that anger goes away. Look, look at my question is, can it go away quicker? No. Well, it won't <laughs> go away, funny, but it might right? pass quicker. That's true. Yeah. I think that it's for just, myself, it has definitely passed quicker. Yeah. it's just It just highlights my own discomfort with it, basically. So my own opportunity to really be able to be with that. Yeah. It's my own form of suffering. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I would think if you got to the emotion underneath the anger, if it's fear or hurt, mm-hmm. and if you were, you yeah. know, whoever was able to identify what that is... Then, then the anger would not really be needed anymore. In well, a way, it, I I feel like it dissipates it. Sure, yeah. it, it, it can sense. dissipate it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we're gonna go into another break. Before we do, I want to let listeners know that you can listen to show recordings at theimpacthour.com. And if you'd like to hear more from Christine, specifically, episode number forty-seven was on mindfulness. So check <laughs> that out at theimpacthour.com. We'll be right back. Did you know that every dollar you put into a piece of real estate makes you money five ways? 
cash flow, money in your pocket each month. Equity Capture, the thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map. Appreciation, real estate doubles in value about every 20 years. Equity Buildup, renters pay down your mortgage each month. And finally, the tax advantage. We pay almost no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains. These are the five ways we make money in real estate, which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how, attend one of our free workshops. Call 866-971-8970 or go to 5wayswemakemoney.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970 or go to fivewayswemakemoney.com. Are you tired of feeling sick and tired? Are you constantly limited by your health and you want to get a more natural solution? My name is Dr. Tim Smith, and I help families change the way they view and manage their health at New Life Chiropractic every single day, getting natural solutions for common health care issues. If you want to learn more about how you can start changing your life for the better, visit our office at newlifechiropracticrockland.com or call 916-259-2682 and start changing the health of your family today. Oh yeah, it's the Project Grow Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur looking to grow your business with cutting edge strategies and tactics? That's our mission here at the Project Grow Radio Show. It's a millennial's perspective and advice on faith, marketing, leadership, and technology. In a world that's quickly advancing, we bring you exciting interviews from today's top entrepreneurs and leaders. The Project Grow Radio Show, hosted by Adrian Boisel. Listen from your smartphone by downloading the Money 105.5 app, live every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. on Money 105.5 FM. Hi, I'm attorney Eric Meyer of Meyer Lobses, the host of Money 105.5's new show, The Wealth and Family Show. Every Thursday at 4 p.m., we'll talk about how to build and protect your wealth and family. In this complicated world we live in, be confident you have taken the steps to ensure everything you've worked hard for and what matters most, your family, are protected. Join the conversation every Thursday afternoon at 4. Straight talk and to the point. This is personal. This is family. This is the Wealth and Family Show. Have you secured your family's financial future? Are you approaching your own retirement and seeking relief from those unexpected financial burdens like long-term care? Why not leave your legacy to the next generation instead? You can count on Family Heritage Group to help you prepare for your future your way. Remember, knowledge is power. So call Ed Outland's Family Heritage Group today at 967-3500, 967-3500 for a free life-changing consultation. Family Heritage Group, your solution to bridging the generations. Fridays at 2, lock it into Money 105.5 for the rush hour for success. It's a show dedicated to your success with information about what's going on in the community, reviews of places to visit around Sacramento, and of course... Topics that involve experts in money strategies, business, real estate, and things that matter most in life. Join the watch star himself, Jim T. Chong. Get entertained, get educated, and get with a rush for success. Fridays at 2 on Money 105.5. If you are an alumni of Victory Christian Schools, you're cordially invited to a welcome reception during homecoming games at VCS. It's happening Friday, January 26th. The reception opens in the evening at 6.15, and you can attend the games for free. Stop by and see familiar faces, catch up with favorite teachers and staff, and enjoy some light refreshments. Tell your classmates, RSVP at victorycs.org. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, 
connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Do you want to enjoy more deep, meaningful, satisfying relationships? Do you want to feel more connected? Do you want to feel like people get you? Learn how to be the kind of person people respond to. Create better results with your kids, your partner, clients, coworkers, and friends. Go to BeAndConnect.com and get started with your free videos today. That's BeAndConnect.com. Learn from hosts John and Rena from the Impact Hour. You can have that sense of connection you desire. Go to BeAndConnect.com now. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. We have with us today Christine de Guzman. And uh, we've been talking about compassion today and how it relates to mindfulness. And just before the break, we were talking a little bit about dealing with anger. Now, I know a lot of us have grown up, myself included, where anger was not okay. That's mm. not an okay emotion. And I think it really ties into compassion. I know if I feel anger, then I actually go into self-judgment and I'm angry at myself for feeling angry. And it's kind of this cycle that just kind of it blows up. <laughs> so, Christine, why don't you talk a little bit more about dealing with anger? Sure. Um, so this goes back to what I was saying earlier in the show about normalizing emotions for kids and for the adults that I work with and for myself, is that... Uh, any emotion you feel is completely okay. Uh, this is what I teach. Um, whether it's strong anger, strong fear, strong sadness, um, even strong happiness. You know, some kids will say, you know, I get too excited. You know, mm. like I have so mm. much energy. And what I try and show them is when we practice our mindfulness, we can have all the emotions. Okay. You know, every emotion is okay. What we're practicing is being with that emotion and having enough space and time to slow down to make a choice about how we're going to take care of that emotion. Okay. And so I, it's less reacting. Yes. Just taking time. That, that's the mindfulness practice of slowing down. Yes. And thinking before you bleh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So mindfulness practice can hopefully help you slow down enough so that you notice the impulse to react. Mm -hmm. But you have enough time to stop and respond um, with consciousness and okay. with kindness. Okay. Right? So that might be like, you know, I really want to yell at this. I really want to, you know, push. I really want to do this. Recognizing that before taking that action. Yes. Okay. And this, again, ties back to the formal practice where I talked about how if you commit to sitting in stillness and silence, you know, and allowing your attention to just rest on your breath, and then you notice impulses, then your what my kids like to call my, your mindful muscle gets stronger. It is like a muscle. Yeah, totally. so you're it's, strengthening it's, it. Yeah, you're strengthening the ability to be with an impulse and notice the experience of the impulse, and then choosing. If you're sitting in your mindfulness practice, for example, Rena, you were talking about being very itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you every time. <laughs> and so probably what you'll notice is you sit down, you put your timer on, <laughs> and in the first second you notice the the itchiness. Yes. So what might happen then is. Uh, you'll notice the itchiness, you acknowledge that, oh, itchiness, in your, you know, silently in your mind, and you bring your attention back to your breath. And then the itchiness might become stronger, so then you'll bring your attention to the itchiness, yes, itchiness on my le left toe, mm-hmm, 
noticing that, back to my breath. And if it comes to a point where that itchiness is like, I am so compelling, I need you to pay attention to me, uh-huh. then you can decide, okay, that itchiness is really, really compelling, it's so strong, I'm really noticing it in my left toe, and then you can decide in that moment, you know what, I'm just gonna itch it. Okay. And then you can itch it, and then you go back to your breath, and you can notice, and you might notice the feelings of, I'm glad I itched it. Or you might notice the thought of, darn it, I itched it and I really wanted to be still. If you're noticing those things, you're still practicing mindfulness. You're all still it, doing it right. It's you're just still all doing noticing it right. It, right. It's really just the noticing, That's bringing awesome. your attention back to your breath, and that and with kindness. So right. it's not, oh, I itched it. You dumb person, Rena. I can't believe you yeah. itched it. You know, you notice that train of thought, and you th- you take a breath. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna come back to my breath, and then you go back to your breath. So in the real world, then say you're out, John, and you're like doing something, and you get really angry about something. And you know that your conditioning is, you know, anger is bad, et cetera, et cetera. But because you've had some regular mindfulness practice, then you're able to notice, oh, there's the anger. And oh, there's the thought that this is bad. So I'm just going to notice that thought, the feelings in my body with the anger, breathe, 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 and then make a choice. And you might act on the anger. It might be totally appropriate for you to actually act on that anger. And that's the tricky thing when we were talking about anger earlier is that sometimes anger is helpful. It can be energizing. It can be clarifying. And sometimes it's appropriate. Okay. You know, um, sometimes I, I see it as an act of compassion, for example. If I'm biking on the road and someone isn't paying attention and in their car and they get really close to me, I might yell. Okay. <laughs> because drivers be aware. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, maybe I can choose my words in a compassionate way, but it's I I see it as an act of compassion to let them know mm-hmm. you got really close to me. Right. Please pay attention because that's not safe. Because it's not, it, okay. it's not it's not only is it not safe, but I know I would feel bad if you hit me, but I'm pretty sure you would feel bad if you hit me. Right. So I feel like that is a way of being compassionate to them as well. Interesting. So sometimes that anger of, oh, being almost hit by a car and letting them know with, a th- with some words, whatever, mm-hmm. um, can be helpful. Yeah. So, but, you know, m- the mindfulness practice is hopefully something that can help support you choose, you know, how to act on your anger. Yeah. And, and certainly it's something to play with because yes. I'm sure there's no way to figure it out and get it, no. you know, just the way you went right out of the gate because there's going to be some missteps. And oh, for sure. You and I talked one time about guardrails. Can you talk about guardrails? Sure. Is that kind of helpful for this? Yeah. You know, for me, guardrails have everything to do with... Okay, so I started thinking about guardrails when I was talking to friends about parenting. Okay. And we felt that as a parent, our job is to provide the guardrails for our children. Okay. Appropriate guardrails that reflect our family's values and intentions. And so being clear about those guardrails will help us make decisions. And so depending on how old your child is and where they are and, the, and their personality, you know, mm-hmm. you know them best, um, you get to decide, well, the guardrails are going to be really close together. <laughs> or okay. sometimes they can be really wide, but I'm, I'm going to let you do this, this, and this. But once you get close to that guardrail, I'm going to stop you. It's like, honey, after four days, 
you need to take a shower. <laughs> this is where I draw the line. I'm just saying. Exactly. Totally. You, know, you have teens or preteens. Oh, I know. I, you know, I have to, just speaking <laughs> of that, I teach mindfulness, right, to lots of different age groups. And I find that once you hit fifth grade, the classrooms start to stink. <laughs> just letting you know. I have heard that, that is my teachers. observation. I don't know what happens between Although, fourth, they're so sweet. <laughs> then you walk into a fifth grade class. And it's like, this is a fifth grade class. Yeah. And <laughs> I can smell it. And it's no going back after this. <laughs> yeah, the body changes. I think they're just not quite ready to deal yeah. with it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So exactly, right. So, um, you know, with guardrails. And so, and, and then you also have to have your own personal guardrails. With, okay. And I feel like mindfulness practice can help you clarify, mm. um, you know, what feels right to you. And that that's also going to be, you mm. know, um, uh Oh, I had the phrase, but it's gone because, as I said, I'm an older lady, so that's, I that's completely okay. forgot what I was yeah, going to say. Well, I'm, um, I'm really curious to know about personal guardrails for oneself. You say it's it's tied to mindfulness that'll help us to to uh, be aware to stay within them, or what what might what might guardrails look like for us grownups? Well, so I feel like this is con- connected to the kindness portion of the mindfulness. Okay, and I, I think it has to do with moral compasses. Right. Mm-hmm. And it also has to do with your own personal North Star in your life, like the, the whatever meaning um, you want to have in your life mm-hmm. and for the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, when I wake up in the morning, I have tried to practice one of my first thoughts when I wake up is to remember my um, North Star intention for that day. OK. And uh, or and for my life uh, right now, personally, <laughs> my North Star is um Clarity and kindness. Okay. And, and I'll just say that to myself when I first wake up. Clarity and kindness is my intention. Mm-hmm. And when I keep that conscious, that becomes my conscious guardrail. And then it helps me to make choices in those moments of suffering, in those moments of a challenging emotion. Okay. In those moments of impulse. Okay. If I can remind myself, oh, right, that's my guardrail clarity and kindness okay so that will help then guide my choice moving forward from that moment mm-hmm. um, it, it's all trial and error because there are times <laughs> where you know it depending on you know my level of fatigue if I'm hungry you know mm-hmm. um, what the day is like uh, it might be harder to remember my intention and my guardrail mm-hmm. but um, you know I, I, that's okay too you know I'm, I'm human yeah uh, but but for me it helps clarify from at the beginning of the day yeah and so this is something that I try to do for my own self personally and then with my husband in our relationship Mm -hmm. and then with our family you know um, communicating to our children you know this is what our family values and so these are the guardrails of um, you know what we expect from your behavior and your choices well, that's fantastic to make that explicit. It's easy as parents to just, there's so many demands right in front of us, but to have the bigger picture. I know John's like a really big picture thinker, and to really be able to pull that into the family, to articulate it with the kids, yeah, I think is is really valuable. That's awesome. And and, and I feel like it, it needs to be, for me, a regular practice. And yeah. I, you know, the conscious... Um, purposeful awareness of my guardrail every morning 
I love um, that. You know, it can't just be once a month or once a week for once me. Once a year. What's your word this year thing? Yeah, that's not going to keep you on track just looking at it once a year. Right, right. Exactly. That's awesome. Hey, we need to take a break. So uh, this is fantastic. i <laughs> uh, got more for you on compassion. So please stay tuned. You're listening to the Impact Hour. Do you want to enjoy more deep, meaningful, satisfying relationships? Do you want to feel more connected? Do you want to feel like people get you? Learn how to be the kind of person people respond to. Create better results with your kids, your partner, clients, coworkers, and friends. Go to BeAndConnect.com and get started with your free videos today. That's BeAndConnect.com. Learn from hosts John and Rena from the Impact Hour. You can have that sense of connection you desire. Go to BeAndConnect.com now. Meaning. Significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. We have on the show with us today, Christine de Guzman. I can't even pronounce that. <laughs> 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, we've been talking about compassion. And uh, we're talking about, we, we really kind of covered a lot of ground today. And I thought maybe you could kind of pull it all together and tie it all back into compassion for us. Oh, of course. Yes. Thank you. Um, so having the capacity to be with your own challenging moments, your own challenging emotions, um, I, I, what I have noticed for myself personally in my practice is that the more I'm able to do that, then the more I'm able to do that with the people who I care about. Mm -hmm. So um, being able to practice compassion for myself, it's that sort of putting the oxygen mask on before <laughs> you put it on your children okay. <laughs> on an airplane. Yeah. Um, being able to be present with kindness for myself in those difficult moments has really helped me slow down to practice being present with the difficult moments of the people in my lives. What do you mean they're difficult moments? Can you can you just shine a light on that? Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, uh, I'm a parent, and so um, right from the beginning with our children, um, we have to be with them when they're suffering. Okay, you know, yes. and I feel like that's yeah. kind of the one of the biggest challenges of parenting in general. Mm -hmm. Whether you've got a newborn or even a grown an, an adult son or daughter, is um, Noticing your child's suffering, mm -hmm. um, being with them, uh, responding appropriately to it. Okay. That is the ongoing, um, I, I think, um, challenge of, of being a parent. So a kid comes home from school and somebody called them a name and they're just really hurt and really upset. To be able to be with that without just shutting it down. Yes. Which is the temptation. Oh, it's, it, and it's such a hard, it's such a hard impulse to be with because as, you know, we're supposed to try and 
alleviate their suffering because right. especially in the beginning you know if they're crying they need to be held or fed like it's a that's survival ex- thing thank you that's an excellent point <laughs> i was conditioned for years to hold that right. child and yeah. yet as they but so but then the challenge becomes as they get older there there are times when they need to suffer a little bit right so i'm remembering one of the first times for me that happened was when i was driving my daughter to kindergarten mm-hmm. and it was one of the first several for one of the first days of kindergarten and um my girl at that time i mean now she's 13 so she's like bye mom (laughs) you know but for many years my girl was on my hip all the time yeah and so getting used to going to kindergarten was a challenge um she had been going to preschool already so she knew how to be away from mama but this was a new experience and we were driving along and i looked in the rear view and she looked very upset and she talked about how she didn't want to go to school. Mm. And I really wanted to fix that, but I also knew sh- it's it's okay for her to have this a little bit. It's uh-huh. a- totally appropriate okay. for her to have a feeling of, this is hard, this is new, I don't want to do this. So I didn't want to tell her like, you'll be fine, you had fun yesterday, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. It, was, it would be really easy to do that, but I wanted mm-hmm. to give her a minute. Just give her a minute to have that experience of, yeah, it can be hard to do something new. Yeah. I know. And I miss you, too, when you when you go to school. So you get to, as a parent, help name it for them. Yes. Help them shine on Because they don't have that, that awareness. They're building the capacity yes. to have the awareness. So. Yes. And, and also, too, especially if you work with um, children, whether you're a teacher or you're a parent, um, I see it as my job to be able to notice my own suffering so have the self-compassion of oh my baby is having a hard time this is hard for me yeah and holding being able to hold her suffering oh yes i see that you're sad because you have to go to kindergarten today and it's hard because it's new and you're going to miss me yeah um and being that container that safe container for her i believe will condition her to move out into the world like um, and be able to have that container for herself. So mm-hmm. it's, this, it's a powerful example, um, and it's a powerful um, model for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, way, the way I understand that is uh, two parts of it. One is if we just shut it down and just say, you'll be fine, it'll be okay, it's invalidating in a way. It's telling yeah. them that what they're feeling and experience is not okay. Right. And, and that can be a, a, a deep thing that they learn in life that's, that they have to unlearn. That they have to unlearn later yes. on. We're going to personal development seminars 30 years later dealing yeah. with that. Yes. And, and the other part to that is our capacity to be with our kids or someone else's experience depends on our capacity to be with ourselves yes. in that same kind of experience. If we're uncomfortable with it and we've always shut it down, we're going to shut it down in somebody else. Right, right. And, and too, you know, when I talk about um, kind of appropriate uh, guardrails, you know, it's, it was very important for our family for our children to go to school. So even though she was having that hard moment, I'm able mm-hmm. to acknowledge, okay, okay, I'm with you with this hard moment. It is challenging. I totally hear what you're saying. It is hard. We kept on driving to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she went we we to go to school. school so and, we do. and we went to school. And so, you know, to me, that's the message of I hear you. It's a hard moment. I know you can handle it. But it's not, um, you know, that's different from, oh, it's fine. You'll be fine. Everything mm-hmm. will be fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it is very different. And and the tricky thing with parenting is that those moments, um, sometimes it's clear what to do, and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's like 
should I let her stay home? You know, like, oh, like that kind of it, thing. Oh, that's, that's hard. Oh, yeah. That's hard. And, and mindfulness isn't going to make that any easier. But, it, you <laughs> know, it, honest. It, it'll just be like, oh, wow, you, I'm really clear about how confused I am right now. <laughs> that's, that's really, you know, basically what it comes down to. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I, and too, I'm, I've been thinking about compassion since you asked me to be on the show and um, just sort of having it, reflecting on it. And I saw this really great, um, uh, like it was sort of like a cartoon um, meme on the internet. And it showed someone who was feeling really bad and the little person, the little drawn person Mm -hmm. was like um, just sort of laying on the floor, very sad. And their friend came up and said, oh, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm really bad. And um, the little drawn friend, instead of saying like, you know, oh come on, it's gonna be fine. Let's go and do whatever. Yeah. Um, the end sort of the end result was that the friend came and brought a blanket and then laid down next to the person. Oh, wow. And then they held hands. Yeah. And I felt I feel like that is a fantastic illustration of what you can do in moments of compassion with people. And it doesn't mean that you're gonna spend all day under blankets with someone, although maybe it maybe it will sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes it's just enough to be like, I hear you. It's hard to go to kindergarten. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, I can understand why you'd feel sad like this. And then just be with them, you know, as they're having the sadness. That's really such a gift. And it really ties back to your, your definition of compassion, to be able to be with suffering. Yeah. To let the suffering be okay. And I appreciate all the conversation today because I think it really kind of expanded it. And what's it like to, to be dealing with these difficult or uncomfortable things that come at us in life to be able to be with that for ourselves to be able to be that with that for other people and what really a gift that is yes i do i you know i don't know if you've seen that movie ladybird but there is a there is a scene in the movie where um a teacher says to ladybird um something about how paying attention is is like loving Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is what compassion comes down to, is allowing and being aware and having attention with someone who is suffering. Mm-hmm. And that's a very quiet but not easy way to love them. Yeah. But then love kind of sucks sometimes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just, sorry. Sorry for that salty language. But it can be difficult to love. But that's the challenge. That's why it it's takes courage to love. and difficult and you yeah. just working through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Christine. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been my pleasure. All your insights. Listeners, I wanted to let you guys know um, that I offer a discovery session so you and I can get on the phone and talk about your relationships. And if you feel, for example, that you're wanting to develop more compassion in your life, um, maybe your relationships, maybe there's some um, conflict or people not being responsive, um, I can talk with you and kind of problem solve and um, give you some things to try to really, um, to really see about changing that. And if it makes sense, I'll, I'll let you know how we can work further. But it's a free complimentary session. You can go to our website at theimpacthour.com and um, register for your, you just go ahead, you have access to my calendar. So go ahead and get that scheduled and we'll talk on the phone. John, do you have any closing thoughts before we finish? That's been a great discussion today. Uh, really that, uh, you know, even just learning to, to be with our emotions is a way of learning to have compassion for ourselves in that and, mm-hmm. and then be able to be with someone else's emotion in that same way. 
Yeah. You know, when we're comfortable with how we're experiencing emotions and having compassion on ourselves, we can have that for somebody else. Yeah, and it, it really is, like you said, Christina, a muscle to build. And uh, we all know that it's just, it's uncomfortable. There's some feelings, there's some experiences that are just uncomfortable. And to learn to be with the discomfort is truly a gift to oneself and to other people. So thank you all for listening to the Impact Hour. Hope you have a compassionate week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now.